A fancy restaurant is hiring a professional grape feeder. The War of the Chocolate Bunnies is finally settled and some must be destroyed. And how spam has become really cool again. That's right, spam. Uh, these are the weird stories for Wednesday on the Weird AF News Podcast. I'm your host, Jonesy. Thank you for being present for this. I'm recording this podcast inside a closet. I have some weird news segments from all around the globe for you, for your enjoyment. Yes. A new fancy restaurant is hiring a grape feeder who must have gorgeous hands. A new extravagant restaurant in London is looking for a grape feeder to join their team. Do you guys think you have what it takes to feed grapes to patrons? Do you think you have what it takes to dehumanize yourself in this way? <laughs> Applicants for the grape feeder position have a very strict criteria that they must follow. Oh boy, what kind of criteria? You must have good aim with your grapes, I imagine. Very strong wrists. Probably perfect hands, right? Nice breath. Probably have to look pretty good shirtless and oiled up. All of this is the brainchild of a billionaire, of course, who is completely out of touch with what's going on in the economy right now. Um, the billionaire restaurant tycoon Richard Caring is opening this restaurant, and it's called Bacchanalia. It is set to open later this year in a place called Mayfair, which is probably a very lavish and out-of-touch neighborhood in London. The restaurant's current job ads includes the unusual grape-feeding role, where prospective employees will need, quote, gorgeous hands, of course, as well as a basic grasp of Greek and Latin. That's <laughs> strange. So you're going to be speaking Greek and Latin to the customers? Who's going to understand you? It sounds like they're really setting the bar a little bit too high for this grape feeder um, now Bacchanalia is going to have a grand aesthetic of course it's a high end status the eatery aptly borrows its name from a lavish Roman festival you know the Bacchanalia this uh, festival was known for celebrating excess and was known to be a wine fueled very raunchy affair <laughs> yes that's right raunchy <laughs> you know it on at the Bacchanalia festival lots of wine and nakedness from the waist down <laughs> it was quite a time yes we had very very beautiful grape feeders back then do you remember guys <laughs> yes being fed grapes the job poster even exudes luxury as the yeah, the actual advertisement for the job is like texts sitting on a gold background with images of a Roman statue feeding another statue grapes. It's like even all the way down to the job ad is pretty fancy. The advertisement says that applicants must have gorgeous hands and a basic grasp of Greek and Latin, although it doesn't say why the Greek and Latin. The details of, of this gig include some perks. Such as regular manicures. Ooh, you're going to get some manicures? Sweet. And the finest food and wine. Ooh, the finest food and wine in all the land. Yes, that's right. And if you're lucky, you won't be turned into a slave. Well, and maybe you won't even be fed to the lions out back if you have a very skilled grape-feeding technique. The Berkeley Square opening is set to transform a former Porsche showroom into a completely new space. Bacchanalia's website says... This is not merely a restaurant. This is a breathtaking feast for the senses. A gathering place to feel moved, immersed in another world. It's imagination on a grand and glorious scale. 
Oh, they've even commissioned a famous artist to make a giant painting of winged lovers embracing on a unicorn. <laughs> These people are completely out of touch. Okay, have your fun, though. After the unusual job advertisement was posted on social media, uh, people poked fun about applying for this gig and wondered whether or not it was even real. But the advertisement appeared as a full-page spread in the Sunday Times, so it appears as though Mr. Caring is serious about finding the perfect candidate. The restaurant chain claims that the position will be London's first grape feeder, who will work against a backdrop of 2,000-year-old antiques and Sistine Chapel-style frescoes. All for minimum wage. How about that? That's the best part about it, guys. You get to dehumanize yourself by feeding other human beings grapes out of your hands for minimum wage. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> I don't know if they pay minimum wage, but this is like a restaurant gig, last I checked. So if you want to debase yourself like this, by all means, good luck finding someone who speaks Latin. I would love to work as a grape feeder at this restaurant just for one evening, just one evening, and purposely just miss everybody's mouth with the grapes. Just get the grapes all over the place, on the floor, down their shirt, in my own mouth. <laughs> See how long it takes for them to can me. Come on, I speak a little Greek. Come on, give me another chance, man. Have you seen these hairless hands I have? Look, I groomed for you, all right? I went and got lasered, lasered my knuckles. A court has ruled that chocolate bunnies must be destroyed. The end is near for chocolate bunnies sold at the German grocery store chain Lidl. A Swiss federal court has just ordered them to be destroyed, these chocolate bunnies, as a result of a trademark violation. The saga of the chocolate bunny dates back to 2018 when Swiss chocolatier Lint filed with a commercial court and said Lidl copied its popular golden-wrapped chocolate bunnies. Representatives for Lint argued the bunnies are protected by a Trademark Protection Act. The commercial court dismissed the filing in 2021, prompting Lint to appeal this decision. According to Lint, Lidl's chocolate bunnies match the exact shape and features of their own chocolate bunnies, making it difficult for customers to distinguish between the two brands. Yeah, I would say in addition to the bunnies looking exactly the same, the name of your chocolate company is too similar as well, Lint and Lidl. Like if I'm, if I'm not paying attention, <laughs> I don't know the difference. <laughs> Lint also conducted public opinion polls about the two products. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> would you take our poll... Yes, your poll about what? What do you think of chocolate bunnies? <laughs> Could you take a chocolate bunny poll? Do you have time for the chocolate bunny poll? Look, I don't even have time for the climate change poll that they're trying to give me on the street. Never mind your chocolate bunny saga. Basing its decision partially on public opinion, uh, the federal court overseeing this appeal overturned the commercial court's dismissal. According to the federal court, there is a risk for confusion between these two bunnies, even if there are some differences. Oh. Now Lidl is no longer allowed to sell the chocolate bunnies. They have to destroy any currently existing candy bunnies. There's going to be a big, massive chocolate bunny burning. Will you guys attend the chocolate bunny burning this evening? It's scheduled right after the book burning. 
Well, I hope they don't just blindly destroy these chocolate bunnies in a giant burning or a, a burial of some sort. I hope they give them away to people. Chocolate bunnies can make you happy. Perhaps you've been stabbed this week. You could totally use a chocolate bunny if you've been stabbed. Maybe you've been a victim of a snatch and grab, and they took, they took grandma's necklace right off your neck. You could use a chocolate bunny as well. Perhaps you've lost half of your 401k in the recent stock market debacle. Well, you could use a chocolate bunny, too. I think you guys should give away your chocolate bunnies, Lidl, Lint, Lint, Lidl, whatever company has to destroy them. I see no difference in the names, really. They're basically the same. Lidl, Lint. They're both silly, short words that start with L and then have an I as the second letter. So I don't know. I think you ought to ask them to please change their name as well. I think that's leading to some of this confusion. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Spam is cool again. How is this happening? Spam is cool. The 85-year-old canned meat has undergone a cultural reinvention, and it's even cooler than ever. Hormel has sold a record amount of Spam for seven straight years, and 2022 is on pace for another milestone. Record amounts of Spam being sold. How? What's going on here? The conglomerate behind Skippy and Jenny O'Turkey says they can't make spam fast enough. They're increasing their production capacity all the time because people keep buying all the cans of spam. Spam is even a trending ingredient on TikTok. And it's on the menu at fine dining restaurants as well. Did you know that? And in 2019, a limited edition spam pumpkin spice flavor sold out in just minutes. By the way, you can still buy it on eBay where it sells for about $100 a can. What is behind this spam phenomenon? Why does this slab of cooked pork that has long been stigmatized as fake meat linked to wartime rations and hilariously spoofed on Monty Python now have a cachet with foodies? Why are people so into the damn spam? Says here, one reason is Spam's popularity in Hawaiian, Asian, and Pacific Island cuisine, which has influenced its growth in the U.S. As more immigrants come to the United States and fusion dishes and ethnic cuisines enter the cultural mainstream, Spam has reached new, younger foodies, says Hormel. There's also some edgy and clever advertising campaigns, which have helped Spam attract a broader customer range than the baby boomers who grew up eating it, sometimes reluctantly. Robert Koo is an associate professor, professor of Asian and Asian American studies. He says a lot of celebrity chefs have been Asian and Asian American, and they've reintroduced Spam to a new audience. Why can't I talk? There's even a spam museum in Austin, Minnesota, which receives over 100,000 visitors a year. Oh, I would love to go to the spam museum. This sounds like a lot of fun. I love weird museums and weird festivals. I'm sure there's a spam festival. Um, people visit the museum with stories to tell about spam. They receive recipes to share. We have a manager of the museum who says that their visitors most often ask her and other museum spambassadors how spam got its name. And the ultimate question, 
What the heck is in it? Here's a little spam history for you. It first hit the shelves in 1937 as a 12-ounce, 25-cent convenient and long-lasting protein in a tin can during the lean years of the Great Depression. Spam contained nothing but a pork shoulder, chopped ham, water, sugar, and sodium. It was the concoction of Mr. George Hormel and his son Jay, who were meat packers in Austin. The Hormels had been working on the, quote, problem of canning a non-perishable pork product for a good many years. They finally solved it. They offered a $100 prize for the best name for this food. It needed to be short for display purposes and to fit on one-column newspaper and advertisements as well. It also had to be pronounceable in every language. The brother of a corporate executive threw out Spam, which is a combination of spice and ham, at a party. And that's when Mr. Hormel knew then and there this was the perfect name. Spam! From the very beginning, Spam was marketed as a time saver and a food for any meal. Spam and eggs, Spam and pancakes, Spam and beans, Spam and spaghetti, Spam and macaroni, Spam and crackers, Spamwiches, Spam and beans, Spam and locusts, Spam and Spam and more Spam! Spamwiches! <laughs> Here's a quote from, uh, what, an advertisement? Never have you imagined a meat could turn into so many interesting uses. Morning, noon, or night, cold or hot, spam hits the spot. Spam, the miracle meat. <laughs> the miracle meat, yes, indeed. What really took off with the spam was the entrance into World War II in 1941. This was a decisive moment in spam's growth. At many Pacific outposts, which had little refrigeration or local sources of meat, American and Allied troops relied on spam because it could be stored for months and eaten on the go. Hormel says more than 100 million pounds of Spam were shipped overseas to help feed the troops during the war. Uncle Sam became known as Uncle Spam, much to the dismay of troops forced to eat it every single day. And then after the U.S. troops left, Spam remained, becoming an ingredient in many local dishes and part of the Asian culture. It represented a piece of America like Coca-Cola or McDonald's. American troops also introduced Spam in Korea during the Korean War in the early 50s. In Hawaii, where the U.S. military has long been a major presence, more Spam is consumed per person than any other state. It's stacked on a block of rice and wrapped in seaweed to make Spam musubi and sold at fast food chains like McDonald's in Hawaii. There's, an even, there's even an annual Waikiki Spam Jam Festival. My goodness, a Spam Jam Festival? Oh, man, maybe they make musical instruments out of spam. Many U.S. soldiers returning from these wars vowed never would they eat spam again, and the brand became linked to rationing and economic hardship. But spam has appealed to new consumers in the U.S. in recent years. You probably noticed that your grocery store, the price of spam has definitely gone up. Spam has made a comeback in the U.S. because Asian and Asian-American chefs such as Chris O oh have tried to reinvent it in their own ways, it says here. They brought some of the culinary influences of Asia and the Pacific and upscaled it. Now Spam can be seen in many, many dishes on social media, TV advertisements. There are ads for Spam and eggs, as well as Spam fried rice, yakitori, Spam pokey, Spam sushi, Spam, Spam, Spam. <laughs> Spam 
spam, 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 spam. Sing it with me, guys. Spam, 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 spam. It's called a fade out. Spam, spam, fading out. Yay! What about spam? Don't you want someone to share it with you? What about spam? It tastes so damn good with rice. I should write some spam parodies for the spam company. Um, thank you, by the way, for dealing with me. Uh, I went a little long on a couple of these stories because I just kind of felt inspired. You know, this happens sometimes. Uh, as I'm getting my health back, I'm feeling a little bit better. Getting my voice back as well. All of everything's working out, guys. In life, hey, maybe I should celebrate with a can of spam. Yes. Do you have any spam recipes you'd like to share with me? I've made spam fried rice. Tremendous. Tremendous. I've even made. Get this. Get this. Spam kimchi fried rice. Wow. Is your mind blown right now? Is your mind totally blown? Yeah. Jonesy can cook a little bit. It's a miracle. I'm single, isn't it? I mean, don't you? Who doesn't want someone to cook them spam kimchi fried rice for the rest of their days? Come on, guys, line them up, <laughs> line them up. Yeah, who wants to be with a guy in a closet? Anybody? It's, uh, I'm t- totally in demand. All right. Anyways, where is my where is my mind? Oh, I'm supposed to do the outro. That's right. Would you like to support me? How about you want to support me? Because cans of spam are not cheap. Have you seen the price of coffee? It's also growing, growing, growing up, <laughs> going up. It's growing up too. Oh, the price of commodities, guys, shooting through the roof. Who can afford anything? Who can afford anything? Oh, well, apparently there's a. A, uh, a tiny section of the culture that can afford to pay people to feed them grapes right now. So I don't know. I don't hang out with these people, but they must have a good life. Sounds like somebody's doing okay out there. Not me. Anyways, if you'd like to support me in the closet, it's pretty easy. Just tell a friend about Weird AF News. I find word of mouth is the best way to share things. Use your mouth to sh- share your mouth, guys. You know, it's a good... <laughs> It's a good way to make people happy. People want you to share your mouth, you know? Make somebody have a good day, yeah? If you'd like to support the show with a couple of ducats a month, join my Patreon. That's right. The Patreon's where it's at. Where it's at. I just joined the Weird AF Patreon. Where it's at. You know what you get with the Patreon? You get a good feeling knowing that you joined the Patreon. That's about it. You get a good feeling. Who doesn't want a damn good feeling? Don't you want a good feeling? Like eating a chocolate bunny on the subway. It's a great feeling. Patreon.com slash weirdafnews or download the Patreon app or go to weirdafnews.com. Sounds like a good time to end it.